Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Father, we give you the praise today and uh, just thank you, Father. Thank you for the work of the cross, the journey to the cross, the work of the cross, the life after the cross. Thank you, Lord. And uh, just bless our our words today, just minister peace to people's hearts and and also your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, I just really loved last night's message, and I want to kind of touch a few thoughts from Isaiah 53, and I want to think about this word redemption today. I mean, Good Friday's tomorrow, and as you know, we're having an 11 o'clock service here, uh, communion, and it's going to be a beautiful time, so if you can be here you won't regret it. Right in the chapel, yeah. But think about the journey to the cross for a minute. We see that it was uh, 30 years of preparation and then three years of faithful obedience, even to the death of the cross. He endured the contradiction of sinners because of love. Hebrews talks about this. And when you, when Pastor was reading Isaiah 53, it really is an incredible chapter to kind of go through slowly. And um, I just want to look at one particular verse that touches my heart here in verse four. So just think about the journey, the journey to the cross. And thank you, Lord, it was done for you and I, wasn't it? We didn't have time to fix ourselves up. We Ephesians 2, 1 says we were found dead in trespasses and sin. Like this was done before we could get ourselves together. Christ did this out of love and out of an eternal plan to redeem you and I. And that's really edifying because I think in our day and age, uh, more than ever, to know our need for God is like greater than ever before. Isn't that good? So I think in the last days, people, you know, we see that love will wax cold. We see that evil will increase. It's because people find themselves, uh, they overestimate themselves and they underestimate God. That's one of the definitions of humanism, right? They, they deify man and they dethrone God. They overestimate themselves. And we see that all over the place today. But in Isaiah 53, I, I just love these, these verses uh, verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs. Remember pastor said this not long ago. He says he, I think pastor loved it in a recent altar call, God endured the cross, the turning of the back of his father, the darkness, uh, all this tremendous scourging, the tremendous suffering so that we would not be separated from him. I think that's a very important part that you and I can never be separated so from the love of God, from the work of God. So we understand that the journey to the cross and the work of the cross did an eternal work so that we can live in resurrection life after the cross, right? That's, that's a, that our life as a Christian is really depicted through the life of resurrection, uh, that Zoe life that we've learned about uh, from resurrection life. But Surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. 
you know, yes, we will certainly be discouraged. And yes, we'll have heavy hearts. Yes, there will be things that uh, bring us to depths that we've never imagined. Um, but God says, I've carried that for you ahead of time. I've carried that for you so that in me, you can have what you need to walk through those valleys. And uh, because think about the unbeliever. The unbeliever does not have a place to lay their burdens down. They do not have a place or know of a place uh, where the Savior has gone before them to make a way of hope. So the journey to the cross, I mean, today we carry our cross because the cross has been already carried, right? And we understand that carrying our cross today People are not our crosses, situations are not our crosses, but really carrying our cross is lifting up the work of the cross. That's really an important point because I've talked to many believers that have a strange, uh, almost morbid understanding of what carrying your cross means. But literally, it's no to self, but yes to God. It's lifting up what he has done, knowing that he journeyed before us. So surely he has borne our griefs like he is our burden bearer. He has carried, done the heavy lifting, and he has carried our sorrows. Two different words, to bear and to carry, which means, you know, you ever, you ever pick up something heavy and you kind of, there you are, kind of getting your feet situated. I was lifting a couch the other day, and it was like, you want to make sure you lift it correctly, right? You're not 20 anymore. I feel like I am. My body reminds me of that constantly. <laughs> Uh, he bears it, and then he moves it to a place where uh, it can be dealt with. And this is why the word redemption is so important. We're going to look at that briefly. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So Jesus Christ being... Who, a man who knew no sin became sin so that we might become his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This verse is probably one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, not only to be preached on on Easter, but Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin. We see this right here. He literally became the vileness. In 1 John 2.2, he bore the sin of the whole world. That's why it's whosoever, whenever, whatsoever can come, right? Whoever, whatsoever, in whatever condition, whenever can come. That's why Jesus is always pursuing the unbeliever. Come to me, come to me. It's not a sin issue. I've dealt with sin. Agree with me, and you can live on the other side of my, you know, Colossians 1.13, being translated from the kingdom of darkness and put into a kingdom of our of my dear son. What a what a great transplant, amen. What a spirit of adoptions, just a total transformation. So Jesus did this. He was bruised. Why? So that iniquity would not be the end of our story, right? Pastor was saying last night that there was a a bruising of the heel, but there was a crushing of their head, right? Will we experience pain? Will we experience suffering? Will we experience bad things? Why do bad things happen to godly people? Someone might say, oh, you're such a good person. No, there's none good. 
right? I think some of the most amazing people I've ever met have suffered greatly. Uh, and that's always been a question in my mind, like, wow, Lord, this person, this is, if, it, if it's any person, they, they deserve a break, you know? <laughs> but we can't think like that. We can't think like because our ways are not his ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And God uses those things to glorify himself. But sometimes we see in Philippians 3.10 that we will endure and experience the fellowship of his suffering. That's, a, that's like a big thing, you know. You know, someone might say, why am I experiencing this loss? Why am I experiencing this pain? Uh, why does a young person have cancer? Why does, a, why does someone that is have a pr- in the prime of their life is taken away? Lord, why, why, why? The fellowship of my suffering, because those that suffer with me will one day reign with me. These are like mysteries to us. They are mysteries, because on the way to the cross, there is great trouble. There is great trouble even on the cross. Well, I want to look at a couple things here. Thank God that uh, he doesn't just, that's not the end of the story. Let's look at Romans 5.8 together. So, the unbeliever will not understand these things, you know. So, we can't give them a hard time, right? Because they, they, they don't even process the things of the Spirit, Second Corinthians 2.14. So your life, your demonstration of life will help someone process life, really. So this is why we need... Jesus had tremendous patience on the way to the cross, didn't he? I mean, he bore that cross. He bore the suffering. He bore and carried and endured all these things so that we would have not just a resource, but a, a source in Him to uh, glorify our Father in these times. And by the way, could, can any of us be prepared for those things? I don't think so. I believe our preparation is really a heart preparation, isn't it? And when God brings us through those times, uh, we'll be ready because His Spirit will have given us what we need, right? Okay. Romans 5, 8, but God commends or commands or commits his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. There it is. Why did Jesus go to the cross? So that we would not experience his wrath, so that we would be justified, made holy, And think about it, you and I can stand in the presence of a holy God today for one reason, because Jesus Christ hung on that cursed cross with the back of his Father. Remember, I love what Pastor said last night, Jesus, uh, God never stopped loving him, but he could not look on him. And that will never happen to you and I. That'll never happen to you and I. Why? Because we've been justified and made holy because of our front runner, Jesus Christ. All right, look, let's look at Ephesians. I want to give you a couple great truths today. The play has been awesome, hasn't it? I feel like the cross scene is much more intense this year. Maybe it's me. I don't know, but it's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. It's like, whoa. It's like our actors and actresses are doing an amazing job. Um, yeah. You know, the natural man always wants to kind of skip over that part. Like, come on, let's make this a nice story. <laughs> but... No, it is not a nice story. It is a bloody mess. But 
He endured those things. He conquered, he conquered our sin today. Isn't that good? He conquered death. He conquered the devil. He conquered death. He conquered death. Amazing. Ephesians 2.1, And ye hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You hath he quickened, made alive. Okay? So there's this idea that you hear from people, oh, i got to get my life together, or I'll serve Christ after I've done my life thing. You know, I'll say, serve him my, give him my leftovers, that kind of thing. No, we were dead in sin. We were lost. We needed to be rescued. We needed to be ransomed. We were held hostage based in our sin. Um. We were pronounced guilty. Imagine that, being in a court courtroom, and there we are condemned to death with guilt. And guess what? Jesus says, nope, stop, wait a second. I'm going to take their place. I'm going to be their propitiation. I'm going to be their substitute. I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to buy them back as that was a slave to sin. I'm going to buy them back and give them what they don't deserve. And this is why mercy is so costly. Mercy is so costly because mercy takes away what we deserve. We deserve the beating. We deserve the scourging. We deserve the nails. We deserve the crown of thorns. We deserve the, the tearing of the beard. We deserve the, the naked shame of, a cro of the cross. We deserve it all. But that's not the gospel story. That's part of it. That's the journey to the cross. But at the cross... Those seven things, Jesus said, uh, I am going to bear this so that my people can be free and live in freedom and live in the power of the gospel of resurrection life uh, and be translated. Let's look at Colossians 1, 1.13 for a minute. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the cross takes your breath away, but then... You inhale a new breath at the resurrection. I, I loved Anu. He, there he was in the back there getting, getting translated up. And this will happen to all of us. We will not taste death. Martin did not taste death immediately in the presence of God. Is death ugly? Yes. Does death fit? No. Do we... Uh, would we like to skip over that? Yes, Lord, we want to go in the rapture. But there's something to be learned in death. There really is. And uh, that's, that would have been the end if there wasn't the cross. And thank you, Jesus, that is not the end. Okay, Colossians 1.13. And you who were dead in your sin. Again, I'm kind of re reiterating this. It's like we were in a desperate, bad place that we could not get ourselves out of. We could not finagle our way out of. We couldn't weasel our way out of. God had to rescue us. You were dead in your sins and uncircumcised, uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened us together with him, having forgiven you of all our trespasses. See, now we're operating at the exit or the opposite side, the resurrection life of the cross. All right, let me show you one other verse. Roman Revelations 1. So we journey to the cross. There is the stripping away and the, the great uh, conquering of the cross of Calvary. And then there is the life after Calvary, right? 
And this is where, I don't know how many of us really live on that side. I want to believe there's lots of us. But in our world today, you talk to the average Christian that doesn't know their Bible, that doesn't know, you know, I talked to a little kid the other day. He must have been four. I said, what's Easter mean to you? And you could tell that this little one, his mom or dad had really talked to him. And I said, uh, I was kind of joking with him. I said, is there an Easter bunny in Easter? And he got like upset with me. He's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> is there chocolate at Easter? No, it's Jesus died and resurrected. I was like, I love it. Can't even. We do like chocolate eggs, though. But that's another, that's another topic. Okay, Revelations 1. Knowing what we believe, it's very important, right? Because we're in a day of twisting, obscurity. Uh, we're in a day of uh, redefinition. Secularism redefines or revisions, redefines terms. And if we don't know what we're talking about, then we can easily be deceived. All right. Um, before I read Revelations 1, look what Ephesians 1. I'm sorry. This is, I got a preparatory verse here. So, wow. Ephesians chapter 1, Galatians, Ephesians 1, here it is. So know, there's, know that 6, there's praise to the glory of His grace. So mercy takes away what we deserve. And sometimes it's good to meditate on that, our depravity, not to bring us any other place but to have us worship like, thank you, God, love didn't leave me where it found me. Thank you, God, that the gospel story is all about you and, and our joy and privilege is to say yes to you and walk in faith. And then grace gives us a new beginning. Grace gives us, it creates a new and living way. Look at verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. And the blood's important, right, because it washes away our past. It washes away the sin of the stain of sin, it, uh, it makes us a brand new cre creation. The forgiveness of sin. Imagine that, telling someone, you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. Like God has given something before the, the offense. The, 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 the offense has been released of us. It's, we're no longer defined by our sin in Ro Romans 7.20. This is like amazing. This is like not common. People are not thinking like this a lot. We may be like, you know, we raise our hand, thank you, Lord, we're forgiven today. But how many on the bus or at the gas station, at Home Depot, on, this, on our neighbor, like, you are forgiven? Well, I hope so. I'm, I'm being a good person. Uh, you know, I haven't hurt anybody. Uh, the, 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 the responses are just laughable, but people hold on to these these things like with a lot of trust, but no, we are forgiven today. Why? Because of the work before, of, and after the cross. Okay, here we go. Uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Isn't that good? Grace. God, uh, how does that G-R-A-C-E? God's riches at Christ's expense, right? Isn't that good? God's riches, G-R, at a Christ's expense. This is why the New Testament is all about Christ. Because the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, 
literally gives us a place with God today. You and I have a place with God today. We can never be rejected. We can never be revoked. Our name cannot be revoked because uh, it's his name, right? Tom's middle name is Jesus. Elaine's middle name is Jesus. We could say, oh, like, what's your name today, Tony? Oh, my, my name is Tony, but really it's Jesus. Write that on the birth certificate. That'll be a good one. All right. Revelations 1. This is our position. So this is what happens. This is the, this is, this is the, 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 the life after the cross. All right. How you doing? We good? Okay. This is good. I'm excited. We have such hope today. All right. Revelations 1. This is one of my favorite verses. All right. 1-5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, right? And the prince of the king of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, right? Acts 20 28, right? The heavenly detergent, right? It's better than OxyClean, right? It purges us like hyssop. That's what's interesting about Isaiah 44 22. It washes away not only the stain of sin, but the trace that it ever happened. That's, a, that's incredible. That's incredible that you and I, in 15.3 of John, we are clean in him today in 118 of Isaiah. This is like revolutionary stuff today as we near the rapture. This is the message that people need to hear, right? That you are clean. Wait a minute, that can't be true. That's too good to be true. Well, in the gospel, it's because it's absolute truth. We, under, we, we over, uh, underestimate ourselves and we, uh, we overestimate Jesus in the gospel. It's like it is, it is better in Romans 5. It's much more. It's, it's incredible. Notice, notice what happens. He washes us and then he makes us kings and priests unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then we see the ascended Christ here in the latter part of the chapter. But he makes us kings and priests with, with authority and then also the rights to represent people to God and God to people. There's our mission, right? That, that Jesus would be revealed in me, Paul said in Galatians chapter 1. So I just want to encourage us today, God... God took your and I place. I mean, we were, there was, there was no hope. And God says, I am the way, the truth. I am your peace. I am going to step in and not only save you, but I'm going to give you an expected end in my spirit. I'm going to take your place. I'm going to bear your grief. I'm going to bear your sin. And all I want you to do is this. This is all God wants us to do is just see our need for him. Lord, I need you today. Because in our natural man, we, we don't see our need. We, we're, we were like, we got this. And even, I think this is why we have trouble in our life, to remind us that, that we need him. Because when things are going good, and thank God for those seasons, and Lord, bring it on, you know. <laughs> bring on more of those times. But don't let me forget you. Don't let me look away from you. Don't let me minimize you, right? You know, you talk to people that pray over long periods of time and there doesn't seem to be an answer like, God, 
is, is the heavens like brass. And 1 John 5.15, God says, I hear every word. I hear every word. Keep seeking me. Keep asking me. Keep, um, you will find me. Isn't that good? So every day I just pray this, Lord, show me your glory. And Lord, show me my need for you, right? And you know what will happen? As we come to him, he'll give you all that you need for your day. More than that. It's more than just going to the grocery store and buying food that you need. He'll, give, he'll quench the thirst. I was talking with a brother at the play, and uh, he's struggling with some challenges. And I just said, you know what, God, if you follow him, he will quench your thirst. He will satisfy your hunger. The world will make you more thirsty, right? The world will make you more hungry, right? But think about this, Colossians 1.13. Let's just read Colossians 1.13 and we'll close. Thank God for the work of the cross. Thank you, Lord. Galatia, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, yes. 1.13. Did we read this already? I think we did. Oh, no, here it is. This is so good. Who hath delivered us? Who did? Who delivered us? Yes. The anointed one, Jesus Christ. You know, there's over a thousand names in the Bible that, that scratch, doesn't even scratch the surface, surface of who God is. Thousand names. He's the great deliverer, right? He has delivered us. I don't know about you. Have you ever been delivered? Have you ever been in a situation where there was no... Things were looking bad, right? I remember, I remember, I don't know if this really fits, but I was on Cromwell Bridge Road. I was with my wife. This is before Carson. I had one of our Ukrainian pastors in the back seat. And we were turning onto Lock Raven, that little side road, um, to, to go to the Lock Raven Boulevard. And you know what? I looked in my rearview mirror, and there was a truck, a very, a very good-sized uh, pickup truck, and he was flying. And it's like, I mean, I thought, we are history. We're history, because he would have hit me, and I w our car would have went like. And there was no time. You know how that happens? You have no time to warn your passengers. I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been in those situations. I'm sure living in Baltimore, <laughs> it might happen on a daily basis. <laughs> I just said, I was like, oh, God. I just said, oh, God. And this truck, no, I don't know how he did it because that road is very narrow. He went up on the embankment and was like bouncing on two wheels. I'm not exaggerating. Boom, boom. And he went down like this. And I don't know how. I do not. All of a sudden, my wife's like, where'd that truck come from? And I'm thinking, I'm just like in, in shock because we should have been sent to eternity because this guy had to be doing 100 miles an hour. I mean, he was really one of those. Anyway, no other choice, no way out. Like, yeah, and then Jesus shows up, right? He shows up. Thank God he showed up that day. You know, it's amazing. Okay, Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sin. He keeps telling us that. He's like, guys, I have done it. I have done it.
Focus on me. Don't like with a woman that caught in adultery. Do not sin like this anymore. He didn't spend all time. Didn't spend all time counseling her. And I think uh, Hannah did a great job in the play with that. You really good. It's like didn't spend all time hours and uh, talking about sin. Uh, you know, di- you know, dissecting it. No, no, just don't do it. Follow me. That was easy. Great counsel. Amen. Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin, so that we might experience his righteousness in Ephesians 4.24. Let's put on that righteousness today and walk in the power of the cross. Amen. Lord, thank you today. Father, we just really pray for this Easter season that you'd visit us, Lord, in a supernatural way, that you would draw people, that you would um, shake people. Maybe there's the bandages of Lazarus. People are dead. Just shake off the bandages, Lord. Maybe people are heavy laden they're dead in their sin quicken them father uh in the pre-salvation just draw them and uh father help us to uh just rejoice in this great resurrection to live in the power of it and to not overestimate ourselves and underestimate you lord but help us to walk in this power in the power of the kingdom and authority of your dear son Lord, give us words, give us a countenance, give us a demonstration, give us wisdom, give us courage, give us boldness, give us, uh, take away any fear and help us to answer people and uh, just resist the devil. We think of tonight's production, Friday, Saturday, Lord, just, uh, and then Sunday's Easter service. Lord God, just uh, change lives and touch hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.